Today is the 30th day of January. Welcome to the Daily Audio Bible. I am Brian, and it is great to be here with you today. Uh, right in the middle of the week, taking the next step forward and uh, moving to the back half of the week and the last couple of days of this first month of the year. And I guess that describes uh, where we are in time and where we are in the Bible is that plagues are falling on the land of Egypt and Pharaoh is resisting allowing God's people to go free. And uh, we'll pick up that story where we left off yesterday. Exodus chapter 10, verse 1 through 12, verse 13 today. And we're reading from the Common English Bible this week. Then the Lord said to Moses, Go to Pharaoh. I've made him and his officials stubborn, so that I can show them my signs, and so that you can tell your children and grandchildren how I overpowered the Egyptians with the signs I did among them. You will know that I am the Lord. So Moses and Aaron went to Pharaoh and said to him, This is what the Lord, the Hebrews' God, says, How long will you refuse to respect me? Let my people go so that they can worship me. Otherwise, if you refuse to let my people go, I'm going to bring locusts into your country tomorrow. They will cover the landscape so that you won't be able to see the ground. They will eat the last bit of vegetation that was left after the hail. They will eat all your trees growing in the fields. The locusts will fill your houses and all your officials' houses and all the Egyptians' houses. Your parents and even your grandparents have never seen anything like it during their entire lifetimes in this fertile land. Then Moses turned and left Pharaoh. Pharaoh's officials said to him, How long will this man trap us? in a corner like this. Let the people go so that they can worship the Lord their God. Don't you get it? Egypt is being destroyed. So Moses and Aaron were brought back to Pharaoh and he said to them, Go, worship the Lord your God, but who exactly is going with you? Moses said, We'll go with our young and old, with our sons and daughters and with our flocks and herds, because we all must observe the Lord's festival. Pharaoh said to them, Yes, the Lord be with you, all right, especially if I let your children go with you. Obviously you are plotting some evil scheme. No way. Only your men can go and worship the Lord, because that's what you asked for. Then Pharaoh had them chased out of his presence. Then the Lord said to Moses, Stretch out your hand over the land of Egypt, so that the locusts will swarm over the land of Egypt and eat all of the land's grain and everything that the hail left. So Moses stretched out his shepherd's rod over the land of Egypt, and the Lord made an east wind blow over the land all that day and all that night. When morning came, the east wind had carried in the locusts. 
The locusts swarmed over the whole land of Egypt and settled on the whole country. Such a huge swarming of locusts had never happened before and would never happen ever again. They covered the whole landscape so that the land turned black with them. They ate all of the land's grain and all of the orchard's fruit that the hail had left. Nothing green was left in any orchard or in any grain field in the whole land of Egypt. Pharaoh called urgently for Moses and Aaron and said, I've sinned against the Lord your God and against you. Please forgive my sin this time. Pray to the Lord your God just to take this deathly disaster away from me. So Moses left Pharaoh and prayed to the Lord. The Lord turned the wind into a very strong west wind that lifted the locusts and drove them into the Reed Sea. Not a single locust was left in the whole country of Egypt. But the Lord made Pharaoh stubborn so that he wouldn't let the Israelites go. Then the Lord said to Moses, Raise your hand toward the sky so that darkness spreads over the land of Egypt, a darkness that you can feel. So Moses raised his hand toward the sky and an intense darkness fell on the whole land of Egypt for three days. People couldn't see each other and they couldn't go anywhere for three days. But the Israelites all had lights where they lived. Then Pharaoh called Moses and said, Go, worship the Lord. Only your flocks and herds need to stay behind. Even your children can go with you. But Moses said, You need to let us have sacrifices and entirely burned offerings to present to the Lord our God. So our livestock must go with us. Not one animal can be left behind. We'll need some of them for worshiping the Lord our God. We won't know which to use to worship the Lord until we get there. But the Lord made Pharaoh stubborn so that he wasn't willing to let them go. Pharaoh said to them, Get out of here. Make sure you never see my face again, because the next time you see my face, you will die. Moses said, You've said it. I'll never see your face again. The Lord said to Moses, I'll bring one more disaster on Pharaoh and on Egypt. After that, he'll let you go from here. In fact, when he lets you go, he'll eagerly chase you out of here. Tell every man to ask his neighbor and every woman to ask her neighbor for all their silver and gold jewelry. The Lord made sure that the Egyptians were kind to the Hebrew people. In addition, Pharaoh's officials and the Egyptian people even came to honor Moses as a great and important man in the land. Moses said, This is what the Lord says. At midnight I'll go throughout Egypt. Every oldest child in the land of Egypt will die. From the oldest child of Pharaoh who sits on his throne to the oldest child of the servant woman by the millstones and all the first offspring of the animals. Then a terrible cry of agony will echo through the whole land of Egypt, unlike any heard before or that ever will be again. But as for the Israelites, not even a dog will growl at them 
at the people or at their animals. By this you will know that the Lord makes a distinction between Egypt and Israel. Then all your officials will come down to me, bow to me, and say, Get out, you and all your followers. After that, I'll leave. Then Moses, furious, left Pharaoh. The Lord said to Moses, Pharaoh won't listen to you, so that I can perform even more amazing acts in the land of Egypt. Now Moses and Aaron did all these amazing acts in front of Pharaoh, but the Lord made Pharaoh stubborn, so that he didn't let the Israelites go from his land. The Lord said to Moses and Aaron in the land of Egypt, This month will be the first month. It will be the first month of the year for you. Tell the whole Israelite community, on the tenth day of this month they must take a lamb for each household, a lamb per house. If a household is too small for a lamb, it should share one with a neighbor nearby. You should divide the lamb in proportion to the number of people who will be eating it. Your lamb should be a flawless year-old male. You may take it from the sheep or from the goats. You should keep close watch over it until the fourteenth day of this month. At twilight on that day, the whole assembled Israelite community should slaughter their lambs. They should take some of the blood and smear it on the two doorposts and on the beam over the door of the houses in which they are eating. That same night they should eat the meat roasted over the fire. They should eat it along with unleavened bread and bitter herbs. Don't eat any of it raw or boiled in water, but roasted over fire with its head, legs, and internal organs. Don't let any of it remain until morning and burn any of it left over in the morning. This is how you should eat it. You should be dressed with your sandals on your feet and your walking stick in your hand. You should eat the meal in a hurry. It is the Passover of the Lord. I'll pass through the land of Egypt that night, and I'll strike down every oldest child in the land of Egypt, both humans and animals. I'll impose judgments on all the gods of Egypt. I am the Lord. The blood will be your sign on the houses where you live. Whenever I see the blood, I'll pass over you. No plague will destroy you when I strike the land of Egypt. Matthew 20, 1-28 The kingdom of heaven is like a landowner who went out early in the morning to hire workers for his vineyard. After he agreed with the workers to pay them a denarian, he sent them into his vineyard. Then he went out around nine in the morning and saw others standing around the marketplace doing nothing. He said to them, You also go into the vineyard, and I'll pay you whatever is right. And they went. Again, around noon, and then at three in the afternoon, he did the same thing. 
Around five in the afternoon, he went and found others standing around, and he said to them, Why are you just standing around here doing nothing all day long? Because nobody has hired us, they replied. He responded, You also go into the vineyard. When evening came, the owner of the vineyard said to his manager, Call the workers and give them their wages, beginning with the last ones hired and moving on finally to the first. When those who were hired at five in the afternoon came, each one received a denarian. Now when those hired first came, they thought they would receive more, but each of them also received a denarian. When they received it, they grumbled against the landowner. These who were hired last worked one hour, and they received the same pay as we did, even though we had to work the whole day in the hot sun. But he replied to one of them, Friend, I did you no wrong. Didn't I agree to pay you a denarian? Take what belongs to you and go. I want to give to this one who was hired last the same as I give to you. Don't I have the right to do what I want with what belongs to me? Or are you resentful because I'm generous? So those who are last will be first, and those who are first will be last. As Jesus was going up to Jerusalem, he took the twelve aside by themselves on the road. He told them, Look, we're going up to Jerusalem. The human one will be handed over to the chief priests and legal experts. They will condemn him to death. They will hand him over to the Gentiles to be ridiculed, tortured, and crucified. But he will be raised on the third day. Then the mother of Zebedee's sons came to Jesus along with her sons. Bowing before him, she asked a favor of him. What do you want? he asked. She responded, Say that these two sons of mine will sit, one on your right hand and one on your left, in your kingdom. Jesus replied, You don't know what you're asking. Can you drink from the cup that I'm about to drink from? They said to him, We can. He said to them, You will drink from my cup. But to sit at my right or left hand isn't mine to give. It belongs to those for whom my father prepared it. Now when the other ten disciples heard about this, they became angry with the two brothers. But Jesus called them over and said, You know that those who rule the Gentiles show off their authority over them and their high-ranking officials order them around. But that's not the way it will be with you. Whoever wants to be great among you will be your servant. Whoever wants to be first among you will be your slave. Just as the human one didn't come to be served, but rather to serve and to give his life to liberate many people. Psalm 25, 1-15 of David I offer my life to you, Lord. 
My God, I trust you. Please don't let me be put to shame. Don't let my enemies rejoice over me. For that matter, don't let anyone who hopes in you be put to shame. Instead, let those who are treacherous, without excuse, be put to shame. Make your ways known to me, Lord. Teach me your paths. Lead me in your truth. Teach it to me, because you are the God who saves me. I put my hope in you all day long. Lord, remember your compassion and faithful love. They are forever. But don't remember the sins of my youth or my wrongdoing. Remember me only according to your faithful love for the sake of your goodness, Lord. The Lord is good and does the right thing. He teaches sinners which way they should go. God guides the weak to justice, teaching them his way. All the Lord's paths are loving and faithful for those who keep his covenant and laws. Please, for the sake of your good name, Lord, forgive my sins, which are many. Where are the ones who honor the Lord? God will teach them which path to take. They will live a good life, and their descendants will possess the land. The Lord counsels those who honor Him. He makes His covenant known to them. My eyes are always looking to the Lord, because He will free my feet from the net. Proverbs 6, 6-11 Go to the ant, you lazy person. Observe its ways and grow wise. The ant has no commander, officer, or ruler. Even so, it gets its food in summer, gathers its provisions at harvest. How long, lazy person, will you lie down? When will you rise from your sleep? A little sleep, a little slumber, a little folding of the arms to lie down, and poverty will come on you like a prowler. Destitution, like a warrior. Okay, so in the book of Exodus, the plagues continued to visit uh, visit the Egyptians, and uh, we've we've watched a, a, a sort of a systematic dismantling of Egypt right before our eyes through these plagues. And uh, if we just pause for a second, we could remember that Moses did come to Pharaoh in the first place and simply said, let my people go. Like, this is what the Lord's telling us to do. Uh, Obviously, Pharaoh didn't do that. And we've already talked about the fact that he thought he was a deity himself, the son of God. The gods of Egypt were the most powerful gods uh, on the known world. And so he couldn't imagine somebody coming in and, and, and doing that. And so he resisted. But he had the opportunity. That's the thing. Like... Like, this wasn't an arbitrary judgment. He had the opportunity. This didn't have to happen. And we'll see that so much when we get a little bit further into our year and we get into the books of prophecy. 
we'll see the same kind of thing where it didn't have to go this way. Like, you know, we're on the Hebrew side as we read the Bible. So we want the Hebrew people to be set free. But what was visited upon the Egyptians was uh, pr pretty difficult to bear. And uh, I mean, the fundamental issue came down to who was the more powerful God. And in today's reading, you know, Pharaoh's advisors and the leaders of Egypt, they, they were getting this message pretty clear. And they went to Pharaoh and they're like, don't you get it? Like, don't you see that, that Egypt is being destroyed? Uh, but Pharaoh just wouldn't be humiliated in front of his people. Like his, his pride was destroying the nation of Egypt. But, but he wouldn't humble himself. Even in the face of these like overwhelmingly powerful signs. Uh, so locusts came and, and covered Egypt and, and then no, nothing was left, right? Not a, a single leaf was left uneaten and the trees and the plants throughout Egypt were devastated. So one more thing coming against Egypt to destroy it. And once again, Pharaoh calls in uh, Aaron and Moses and says, I've sinned and blah, 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 blah. But at the end of our reading today, something really pretty ominous happened because God was telling Moses that there's, there's only one more plague and, and uh, you won't be asking to leave after this goes down you're going to be chased away. And so uh, Pharaoh has one, fi one final negotiation, right? Just take your kids, take your people, but leave your livestock. And Moses is like, we're taking everything. Like, this is what God's told us to do. And Pharaoh uh, warns Moses, never come back to see me again. The day you see my face, you will die. And uh, that's pretty, pretty close to where we ended today. And if we were watching this on film, this is where the ominous drone undertone starts to play because it's... Uh, Egypt is going to have to face a devastation like they've never known, as if the plagues that were coming against them weren't enough. And so we'll get to that tomorrow. And uh, we have to notice that uh, and we probably have noticed this along the way because we're reading Old Testament and New Testament, so we're juxtaposing this this Pharaoh story with the, the ministry of Jesus, and we have to notice that Pharaoh and Jesus are like opposites in attitude and actions. And uh, we can see that contrast pretty starkly because of the sections of the scriptures that we're reading juxtaposed against each other, but uh, this contrast should allow us to look inside ourselves uh, when we see uh, when we see the posture of Pharaoh we see pride and we see arrogance and all of these things that we don't see in the life of Jesus and so if we look at our lives through each of those lenses we find that oh we've got pride and arrogance in our own lives we can find that pretty easy and that is not Christ-like. That's actually more Pharaoh-like. Jesus invites us uh, to look at our purpose in, in terms of how it is that we can serve one another, how we can help whoever needs help uh, pretty much whenever they need it, like uh, whenever it's within our power.
to help. We should. We should serve. This is what Jesus was saying in our reading today. Even as he's being asked to give the right hand and left hand seat to two of his disciples by their mom in his kingdom. So like even as he's on his way to a cross, he's being asked uh, to give these positions of authority to these, these sons. And it's here that Jesus is like, look, I'm, I came to serve. That's what this is about. I came to serve. And so if you want to follow after me and if you want to be like me, then that's what you need to do too. So it's interesting because now we're further in the story. We're 2,000 years away from this event. And we have 2,000 years of experience and theology to inform us. And what's interesting is that when we accept Christ, uh, we determine to serve him. Like he's wanting to be, like this is the purpose. Like he's come to earth and he's died for the sins of the world and now he's back up into heaven and he's looking down upon the earth so that he can look down and see people serving him. And so we get up every day and um, hopefully go through our day serving Jesus so that he can look down upon us, seeing us serve him well. When uh, he never came to be served, he came to serve. Uh, you know, so, so put a spoon of that in your coffee and stir it around. I happen to be drinking tea today. But I'll put that in my tea and stir it around because we spend so much of our lives trying to do the right things and Jesus will look, look down upon us and see us serving him when we ignore everyone around us and aren't servants. And yet it's Jesus who said, if you do this to the least of these, you do it to me. And so if we want to serve Jesus, then we have to serve those who need help. So that should give us pause before we lay into our spouse today and destroy them with our words because we are doing it in the name of Jesus. We are serving Jesus as we go through this day. And if we're spitting things out of our mouths that are more Pharaoh-like than Christ-like, then we have found ourselves on the wide path that leads to destruction and not the narrow path that leads to life, right? When we go off on anybody or when we just walk by anything that we have the power to do something, anything about, and this isn't just about handing uh, money to a person who is, uh, you know, has a sign out on the side of the highway. It, it may be exactly about that, but it doesn't mean just those kinds of things where you're like, oh, I gotta, I gotta help these um, a down and out people. Everybody's struggling, friends, Everybody's struggling. Like we, we're spending all of our time trying to pretend and portray to the world that we're not, but we're all struggling. But we don't have to. We can serve one another. Like we can face outward and stop facing inward at everything that we might be dealing with and start looking outward and serving one another and then being served by one another. And then we have Christ in action. On this planet. And that can start right this second. 
in your life. This day can be completely different for you. If you'll face outward, if we'll look outward and start paying attention to what's going on around us and start seeing the world through the eyes of our Savior, there are enough of us on this planet who believe that we have the power to change the world. Like, like immediately. But rather than, uh, than paying attention to what's not being done, let's commit our lives to us not being the weak link, right? To us actually being Christ and Christ-like, the hands and feet of Jesus in this world. And so Jesus, oh, Jesus, we invite you into that. It's so hard uh, to be vigilant and stay in that kind of heart and mind space all of the time because we have so many responsibilities and obligations. And this is a good time for us to consider this word that you have given us this year, maintain. Because now we see like, oh, I could probably be Christ-like if I would pay more attention, but I don't really have any space to pay attention to anything other than what I'm obligated to in my own life. I have so much I've got to maintain that I can't fully live into being Christ-like. So we have to examine our lives and understand that our lives can only be as big as what we can maintain. And if we're not building enough margin in our lives to be Christ-like, then what is the point? Like, what's the point of all this? We might as well just jump back out into the world and kill or, or be killed and just try to live it up as long as we can. What's the point if we're not trying to become Christ-like? And if there's no room in our lives to become Christ-like, well, well what, are we, what are we supposed to do with that? We're going to have to get rid of some of the obligations and responsibilities so that we can maintain a life that can be used by God instead of a life that's just running around moving things from this place to that, trying to pay for everything. So, Holy Spirit, come. We ask in the name of Jesus that you transform us and change us from the inside out and we begin by repenting. Repentance means that we will change our mind, that we will change our inner selves. And we can do that when we are exposed to the truth. When the truth comes crashing in, then we can see it and move in that direction. And you are showing us the truth, so come Holy Spirit. May we chase you with all of our hearts. We pray this in the name of Jesus. Amen.
Oh
Yours. Hey. 